When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. On this episode of Big Drive Energy, we talk a little bit about Tony Finau winning the 3M Open up in Minnesota and Scott Piercy choking it away. We do our Grand Slam of sports announcers, and we talk a little bit about who's leaving the PGA Tour for live, and it might not be golfers. And all of this is brought to you by our official sponsor, the official sponsor of Big Drive Energy, and that's Pins and Aces. We love our Pins and Aces gear. We can't keep it in the shop. We're always getting compliments on it, on and off the course. They're a family-owned golf and apparel business right here in Colorado. They make amazing polos, and they even have the patented beer sleeve. You can store up to seven beers. So make sure you head over to pinsandaces.com. Use the promo code BDE, and you receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com, and you can be the best-looking one on the golf course. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any. Somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> Buddy, after my Monday Niner 13er, actually, at City Park, I don't know if I can ever fucking play golf again. Yeah, I, I know that um, your, your wife kind of buried you without necessarily intentionally bearing you. Um, but now I was actually telling my girlfriend that you're kind of like, I would say you're out of the four fam- immediate family members I do have. I'd have to say you're on the bo- bottom half of the four family members in terms of golf, single hole accomplishments. I think you and mom are kind of on that bottom tier now. Me wow. and Kyle, me and Kyle here. <laughs> Standing on the top. Dude, it was unreal. So for those of you guys that didn't see it on Twitter, 13th hole, City Park Golf Club. Uh, Kylie and I are playing. We only played. We only played on playing nine. 
And then we were playing with these two dudes, older dudes. They were fucking riot. One dude was just talking out of his mouth like this. She had fucking long, long hair, and he was an great, arborist. Great podcasting because nobody can see it, but but hey, he was there getting a the voice, and he was an arborist <laughs> over over at the zoo. He was an arborist and a horticulturist. Talk about an zoo. all-time job, by the way. Right? Just we all-time need to do a, easy a grand slam of all-time jobs. Although oh. I I don't fuck with heights, so I wouldn't be climbing trees and doing that. Are kind there of shit. are there that big of trees and there's fucking the giant trees in the zoo? What do you think the pelicans hang around in? The flamingos, <laughs> dude. I don't think they fly. You ever seen the fucking zoo lights? That flamingos fly. No, flamingos don't fly, but they hang out under them. Oh, them. Slight, I see. Where... Slight mispronunciation there. <laughs> I was like, I don't think flamingos actually get airborne, but no, I've actually never been to zoo lights. I don't think so. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. And so we're on the 13th hole. I'm mind you, I'm fucking two under par at this point, like to, to, to begin my round nine, first nine, I'm one under, then I birdie 12. I'm just balling out. And then it all came (laughs) to not matter on the 13th hole because I hit a bomb of a drive. I'm feeling real good about myself still. Kylie hits one a little left. She's got hundred buck forty, buck forty five in. Asked me what club did. I say, ah, probably pitching wedge. That's probably a good one. She's kind of sitting up in the rough and hits she it up next wedge from a buck forty. Yeah, it was about a buck thirty five, buck. That's 40. as far know. as I hit it. I kind of blacked out to be honest after she hit it and after it all happened. And that's, uh, that's insane. It was real good. It was real good. It was right at the flag. And I was like, walk, we were driving up there and that guy, you know, he runs up there. He's like, he's like, where's Kylie's ball. And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Probably over the green or in the rough here short. I don't, I, I mean, it was looking good. He's like, let's check if it's in the hole. I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind, bro. It's not in the fucking hole. He goes, the fucking hole's pink. It's all pink. And I'm like, nice. <laughs> I'm like, like, are we talking about golf still or yeah, are we, are we still on the golf course? But no, dude, just an incredible accomplishment. And obviously she, she made was, I was, I was freaking out. She made a two on a par five. That's w- way more rare than a hole in one on a par three. Um, probably about as rare, maybe a little bit more rare. What would you think about a uh, hole in one on a par four? Short par. Four? Um, no, I think a hole in one on a par four has got to be more rare, but I mean, if you think about it and this is not, knocking Kylie's at all but she hits it a long way so I'm actually complimenting her because she hits it long enough as a woman where she could definitely make that a realistic possibility there's there's a lot of dudes that can't even reach par fives and two so they have never have a chance and the fact of having pitching wedge in definitely increases your chances but still to actually back up consecutive shots one and one into the other and to hit it relatively close enough to the fairway or in the fairway to be able to hold that shot is what makes it one of the most rare shots in golf. So, um, and the best part is she just doesn't even really understand the, the weight of it. So she may never, and it was similar to Allie almost making a hole in one in Arizona. Like what was it? Her fifth round ever of golf. Yeah, exactly. You just don't like golf. Shouldn't be that easy for anybody. That's just the golf gods, you know, it feels like there there's a little lack of justice there, especially on your part um, after all the grinding you've done in your golf game to, to not reach that summit yet to, to summit mountain hole in one. 
Dude, I know I've been grinding these like late night twilight rounds and I just been hitting it so good, dude. Little just even absolutely par, striping it. Even par niner the other day. I'm officially the worst putter on this fucking planet. Absolute atrocious, atrocity, atrocious on the greens. Hitting it to two feet, three feet, not even sniffing the hole. See, I feel like just it's more worst. a self it's a self-fulfilling prophecy for you because you expect to miss all of those. And I think RK has discussed it with us about you is you just like are so self-deprecating. That's almost a, um, a crutch in your golf game where you just are so into you sucking that you kind of create that and not even sucking, but just not when you're like, I'm not going to make this. Like there is something to like speaking things into existence. You know, if we're on our Tony Robbins shit right now, um, you got to visualize, you got to see it to believe it. And I think you need to start doing that. Yeah. I just, I feel like I stand over it and I'm like, I know I should make this, but I feel like it's too important for me to make it. I think, I, I think I put too much weight on a, a birdie putt, you know, cause I just want to like shoot around. I just want to be like, yo, I shot this, like, or I feel good about this. I was a couple under par of this, you know, like, and then in those rounds when I miss like two, three footers and I all of a sudden I make like a 20 footer and I'm like, yeah because you're putting less pressure on yourself but i think honestly you need to focus just more on the process of actually putting than thinking about the result and that's where a lot of people struggle in golf is obviously it's a results oriented game but you need to focus on the process and the results will come you know even sticking to a routine um this is not supposed to be a therapy session for you on your putting stroke but i i think that focusing less on the outcome and more on just what you're doing when you're doing it would make a big difference for you. Right. On that leads us into Scott Piercy, man. What the fuck? Yeah. He like hot butter right away. Well, he made triple on the, I think it was the 14th. So that the big numbers will always sneak up on you, but for viewing purposes, I mean, realistically the three M open, it's kind of like your, uh, I, I can relate it to drinking because that's what, one of the things I'm good at. It's like having a big night out the night before you go hang out with your buddies. Um, you know, it's a Friday night. Everybody's off the next day and you really tear it up. You know, you go out and you Uber home safely and then you wake up the next morning and you're hungover and you have like maybe a beer at noon. That's like the 3M open after the open championship, like the open championships, the big night out the next day the weekend after is the little bit of like just enough like of a taste of it because it's the last major of the year last weekend at the open we already talked about that but this it's kind of almost feels like the season's over a little bit you know what i mean after all the majors are all done with so the fact that we got a, a meltdown on the back nine this week at the pga tour event um kind of made it a little bit more interesting to watch because as much as everybody hates to say it and hates to even watch it, um, meltdowns in golf are electric. Like that, that's good viewership, you know, that's good viewing. So it was on, um, it was at Scott Piercy's, uh, what is it? I don't know exactly the terminology. It's fleeting my mind currently, but it was at his demise, but it was good viewership for everybody. And I mean, if anybody like, I was reading a little thing about Tony Finau because Finau ended up winning and 
Finau is like, if anybody knows how that's that feels, it's me. Cause he's had eight second place finish it, or he between his first and second PGA tour win, I think it was 2015, 2021, he had six in six years, he had eight second place finishes. So he knows what losing feels like. And granted, you're still making a boatload of money here on the PJ tour, whatever. I think it has to get to you a little bit. So it was kind of like one man's trash is another man's treasure. That's not really the right terminology for it, but you know what I mean? Like Tony Finau was in the other, like changing shoes on the foot. Is that, is that a thing either? Um, but Finau came out on the other side of it where somebody else choked where it's usually him choking. And we've, we've d- dove into that. Um, I was about to say Divin. That's a new word. Uh, we've, we've dove into that before where Tony's always the one pissing it away. And so now he's finally on the other side of that where he benefited because he only shot what I think three under on Sunday, like four in the under, course yeah. is not that hard Four under. Yeah. He shot 67 on Sunday. And you're right. It, it is one of those just kind of afterthought tournaments, which is unfortunate because it's a good golf course got kind of ruined this week by all the rain. There was constant delays. It was super soft. Um, but twin cities is a great space, uh, a great golf course, TPC twin cities. And uh, it does suck for Piercy because the, like for guys like that, you, those are the tournaments you need to win to keep your card and to keep moving, you know, keep moving on and keep playing year after year on the PGA tour. And when you have a four shot lead on the 10th tee box on a Sunday, you don't expect to lose that golf tournament and the meltdown hurts. It's not fun for him. Of course, you know, Tony Finau for sure benefited from it. And as he said, kind of is on the other side of the coin finally for once for him, because this looked like it was over. I I checked the odds from the DraftKings Sportsbook Sunday morning and I think Piercy was like minus or plus 120 right around that area, plus 120 to win the tournament with a four, four shot lead. Like a four shot lead going into Sunday has only been converted up, up until this weekend. This was the fourth time since 2017 that a four shot lead has been overcome in a PGA tour event on a Sunday. Yeah. So it's almost a sure thing. It's like, it's like Yankees or Dodgers money line this year. It almost feels like how, but then the odds just aren't there. It's like betting Rory every week, you know, um, how are you going to weigh those odds when Scott Piercy hasn't won on the tour in multiple years? Um, his game is, it, I mean, he is obviously playing well this week, but his game in years past up until this point has not been great. So it's like, can I really rely on this dude? But you got to think like a four shot lead is going to get converted. And it just didn't this week. Yeah, I believe he was like 137th in strokes gained total on the PGA Tour. Just all of a sudden burning it up and had a lead and ended up, like you said, the triple bogey, hit one in the bunker, and then proceeded to hit one in the water. Um, just an unfortunate situation for him. And it, it is one of those tournaments, especially, you know, the tournaments after a major are always an afterthought. But this one's especially bad because a lot of the guys have been in – Europe for two weeks, two to three weeks, even they take a week off, they play the Scottish, then they play the, the uh, open championship and then they go, you know, nobody comes back. Like, I don't know the exact numbers, but I I'd be curious to see if there was even more than one guy that played in the open championship and then made his way back to playing three. Well, yeah. Fino definitely made that trip and 
it just goes to show you, like, I don't know why more guys don't do it, especially the mid to lower tier guys on the PGA Tour. Um, well, most most of the lower to mid tier guys didn't play in the open, but just not overlooking these smaller events. You know what I mean? Like making them your major and playing well. Like there has been guys in years past that have pretty much kept their tour cards over either winning or playing well at one singular event. Um, I think Brian Gay always played really well at the event at Sea Island for some reason that that just pops out in my head. Um, and there's there's horses for courses. We've talked about it, but being a mid to lower level tier guy on uh, the PJ Tour, there's nothing wrong with trying to take advantage of these these weaker field events and get a win's a win. You know, I, I don't think it gets treated any differently unless it's a WGC or a major. So um, you could be winning the Genesis Open, which is a huge, you know, huge event at Riviera, or you could win the 3M or like next week, the Rocket Mortgage at uh, in Detroit. And it still means the same. You still get that two year PGA Tour exemption. You get uh, a spot in the Hyundai turn or Genesis Tournament of Champions. Did they change that or what is that now? I forget. Hyundai. No, it used to be Century. The Hyundai. They- Century. Century. Thank you. Yeah, you still get that spot. You still get all the benefits that come with winning on the PJ Tour. So it's like focus on these smaller, like weaker field events and and really try to capitalize on it. And I mean, so I was looking over some of Tony Finau's numbers and this entire up until this year, strokes gain T to green. He's seventh on tour. So he's I think he's pretty well renowned as a great ball striker. And I think he always has been. His swing's always been really good. It's always kind of come down to the putter. And this year he's 120th in strokes gained putting on the PJ tour. So it kind of is that glaring weakness in his game. That is the reason why he's being kept out of the, the winner's circle um, with all these top finishes, but just can't get it done. I will mention though, he has made 30 million on the PJ tour. So, I mean, the money's not all bad. We're all talking about live and all this money um, for winning three times. And, and Charles Howell is one of the, Actually, he just jumped to live also, um, but he was kind of the first guy that comes to mind that never really won that much on tour, yet you look at his career earnings, and I think he's made $60 million. So he uh, he's made a great living out there for not winning, you know, and it's got to be tough because obviously you want to win, but at the end of the day, it's your job. And if you're do your job, you know, so he's they're doing their jobs. I'm just happy for Tony, though. Um, now he can support like the 17 kids that he has. Does he really have a lot of kids? I think, well, so he's more, they're Mormon. I'm not trying to shame any religions here, but I think he has a shitload of kids, a metric shit ton. I did not know that. He seems like a guy that doesn't have any kids to me. No, he's like, so I think they're like Samoan, um, almost like Hawaiian. I, I don't want to just completely shove my foot in my mouth here, but I don't really know the exact terminology for it. Um, but he's like Samoan and then they moved to Utah and they're Mormon. Um, so he's got like a big, he's got a big old family and I'm sure he's supporting Gip or I don't know what Gip's doing his brother Gipper. Um, but yeah, lots of kids. I'm sure like every time he wins on tour, they have another kid. It's like Philip rivers. Like, I keep doing this. I get another contract. I make another big paycheck. Let's have another kid like Polynesian Paul. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Yes, that is correct. That just hit. Um, me. Yeah. Good one. I, that's like, 
I'm not comparing it, but that's like that new food cuisine. That's like uh, poke. Is poke Polynesian? I think they call that Hawaiian for some reason. <laughs> no, that's not true. I don't know what that is, but I love poke. Big, I, poke. yeah, big poke guy. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's if I had to compare it, which is it's not even a comparison. Yeah, um, I'm I'm not really sure where I'm going here, but yeah, I think. I think Tony Finau will have as many kids as his PJ tour career allows him to. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he keeps winning 30 mil. It's going to be pretty easy. And uh, he was going back to the uh, Thursday beginning of the tournament. We didn't do a big bet energy this past week. We had a, a few things going on, of course, with our Creekside classic. We had the uh, golf event at over at Rhino country club last week. So we had a lot of stuff going on. So we didn't do a big bet energy for this tournament, but uh Tony Finau was the odds on favorite to win. So another time that, you know, it happens very rarely and, and I'm not going to bet on a guy that's nine to two plus four fifty to win a golf tournament. I mean, that was his, the same odds. He, he had the same odds on Sunday and uh, shout out to our boy, Merchel, Merchel Carroll. Uh, he had Tony Finau to win the tournament. So he, he cashed out a little bit there, but I, uh, I went in and bet a uh, live bet Emiliano Grio on Sunday. Cause I was like, that's ah, good odds. Like I thought Piercy could choke it down. He's a guy that once you haven't been there before, everybody's going to question you and tell you, you just said on. choke it down. What is he? Joey chestnut. <laughs> we don't need to get back into that conversation. Greatest American athlete living right now of all time. But yeah, he was the odds on favorite at the DraftKings Sportsbook, and all you MMA fans can get into the DraftKings Sportsbook, And there's a great offer for UFC 277 UFC 276 up until the main event, the final fight was electric. Loved having it on a Saturday day. Uh, it was awesome. I don't have to like stay up till 11 and try to watch the last couple fights. You know, you're like kind of too drunk at that point. You don't care. And then you wait and wait and wait. Like having the first couple fights on at 9 a.m. was awesome. And then finally getting to see Patty the Batty, Molly Meatball fight at like 4 p.m. It was perfect. Still had got to have dinner plans and um, see Tom Segura here in Denver on Saturday. Fucking hilarious, by the way. I was out loud, gut laughing most of the time, doing my little high pitched squeal laugh. Um, but you guys can get into the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, and UFC 277 is giving you an offer where you can bet five dollars on any fighter to win, and you get a hundred dollars in free bets, win or lose. You can also double your winnings on same game parlays. You can pick who's going to win, what round they're going to win on. Uh, I was hopping into the DraftKings Sportsbook on the Patty the Batty fight, and I had him to win by knockout in the second round from three minutes to three minutes and 59 seconds, which was like plus 1,600 at that point. It was getting close, but of course it was all down because he won by submission and not knockout. But you can do that and combine multiple bets like uh, and – in those same game parlays, you get double the money. So DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw cash whenever you want, uh, right to your bank account. It usually comes out of my bank account, but make it if you're making hit and winners, it can go into yours. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNVR. And if you bet $5 on UFC 277, any fighter, you get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code DNVR this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also, 
manscaped man holy shit we um these hot ass days we finally got some rain yesterday but i've been trying to keep up on the on the downstairs trimming with my lawnmower 4.0 and uh it's it's definitely necessary with days like this i saw (laughs) i saw this guy today and i feel bad because i don't sweat a lot but the dude had legitimate tit sweat he had tit sweat on his shirt at the golf course he came and checked in and his whole belly full of sweat under under boob sweat and i was like buddy we need to get you some of this this uh some crop mop that you can wipe under your boobies yeah that that tit sweat will sneak up on you i I can tell you well what do you do for that like i mean obviously you can use some manscape product but like well i've actually never had that and i hope to never have that but it, it definitely seems like once you get a fold between your meat there and your chest then I think that's where the perspiration really starts. So I would attack it kind of at the source. I would maybe put like one of the wipes up under your tit and just leave it there to absorb. Well, but then, but they're, I mean, I guess if you're going to have the the markings anyways, it doesn't matter. Right. But maybe roll one up and put in your belly button just to kind of like absorb any moisture falling down the, uh, the V of hair. Yeah. I just felt bad. Cubes. Just like a unfortunate look, you know, like yeah, I, nobody I, ever wants to get caught like that. Um, it's, I sweat it's, from it's my head. Point. I sweat from my head and my feet plenty. Luckily it kind of stays off the visible areas a little bit more. Yeah. I definitely think I get a little chest sweat and some armpit sweat, but I, if there comes a day where it's visible, then we got issues. Yeah, but you can use the ball deodorant, you can use the foot deodorant, the crop preserver, all that stuff over at manscaped.com. Use our promo code BDE and you're getting 20% off plus free shipping. Um, That stuff is, I have it on auto order. It's great. Just comes like the new, they set you up with new blades all the time, which is phenomenal um, because I've got the face face blade and I've got the pube blade. Um, But some people would say that's the same for me because my beard looks like pubes, but they can go shove it where the shundown sign Shun, shun don't sign shun don't sign i've only had one beer it's a rough look yikes but go over to manscape.com use that promo code bde and you're getting 20 percent off plus free shipping i like that love it um let's move on to a little live talk dude i feel like as a golf podcast we've done a pretty good job of not talking about this and not in a way that we're avoiding it obviously i mean we've talked about it enough to I feel like get our points across, but uh, first we're going to talk about, um, we're, well, we'll get into the announcers that left. Um, we'll talk about the announcement of the announcers leaving, the announce announcement, as I'm going to coin it, because uh, wow. it was fucking horrible. Some of the stuff Liv does, I'm like, dude, did you let a fucking eighth grader with YouTube like try to put this movie together, this video? But we'll get into that. But real quick, I want to get your thoughts. And this is a this is from Reddit to Twitter. Not a big Reddit guy um, to Twitter uh, at Caddy Network. And it says PGA Tour versus Live Golf. Who wins with the hmm face? If you know what that is, um, the hmm emoji. So you've got PGA Tour and then they go side by side kind of Ryder Cup style. So you've got Scotty Scheffler versus Cameron Smith. Now, this was being a little he hasn't said anything presumptuous. Yet. It's being presumptuous, but kind of sounds like it's pointing to him leaving for that, which would kind of surprise me. 
um, because Cam Smith is a guy that's always said he doesn't care about the money. But at the same time, when you get enough waved in your face, it's kind of like not, not being hungry. And then you smell a hot dog, you smell a fresh glizzy, or you get a whiff of barbecue or something. You're all of a sudden hungry. Uh, I think that's the kind of where Cam Smith's at right now. I think he's too busy enjoying his win. We didn't get to talk about it last podcast when we did our reaction to the open championship, but he got questioned about live right after that. And I, I I'll try to find the exact quote, but basically said something to the effect of like, really, <laughs> are you going to fucking ask me that right now? Like I'm sure is what he wanted to say. Um, but all right. So we got Scotty Scheffler v. Cam Smith. We got Rory McIlroy versus Hideki Matsuyama. We got Patrick Cantlay versus Dustin Johnson. We got Rom versus Abraham answer. Got Xander Shoffley versus Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Louis Ustazen, Colin Morikawa versus Bryson, Hovland versus Casey, Fitzpatrick versus Kokrak, Burns versus Gooch, Spieth versus Reed, Zalatoris Garcia, Finau Wolf, Homa Westwood, and then Horschel Poulter. I mean, it's really getting close. Like in the middle no, there, I, I, I like think the, the Thomas Shoffley, Morikawa, probably they kill Kepka, Ustazen, DeChambeau. And I'm not saying it's close to like I would take the PGA Tour 100 out of 100 times in that, but it's a legitimate question at this point. Oh, if you would have asked me six months ago, if you would have just read the the list of names off, I would have been fucking shocked. I wouldn't have believed you if you would have told me the players that that moved to live. Um, obviously, hindsight is 2020 now that we've seen these guys make that move, and. Yeah, I, I definitely – I think the top-tier talent, like those top three matchups would be really good. Scheffler and uh, Cam Smith, obviously, assuming Cam Smith moves, um, that's that's a really, really good matchup, two of the best players so far this season. Um, and then DJ's kind of a, a wild card. And that's where it also kind of comes in Also, uh, that golf truthers are all upset about is – and even Tiger mentioned it when he got asked about the live, he's like, where's their drive going to be to succeed where, you know, where is this motivation to, to keep going and keep beating your opponents because professional golf up until this point has always been the sport where if you don't perform, you don't get paid. Like they're, you don't just get paid for showing up. You don't get even, you don't get paid for past performance. You got to bring it every week. And the live tour has kind of altered that way of thinking a little bit. It seems where, a lot of these guys are getting handed before they even play a single round, getting handed a larger sum of money than, than they've ever seen in their whole lives. So um, the motivation factor could probably play in, but also on the other side of that, I almost think down the rabbit hole that my brain is in um, that like all these guys have heard that narrative. And so they're, they're actually pushing to create better golf in order to, to buck that, that, that potential stigma around the live tour that nobody gives a shit about how they play. So there's, there's definitely two sides to it, but I would say the top tier talents really close, but then just the depth of the PGA tour, those 12 guys you named versus the, the live tour. Um, but Taylor Gooch may, if, if he was playing in that, that'd be the first time he'd ever played in a Ryder cup. So I, I hope it would live up to kind of the, the Ryder cup, um, expectation that that the live tour is set for him with the atmosphere there yeah that was a rough scene and i've seen uh there's different things where the live tour is i believe if you buy a ticket as an adult you get a free junior in so they're kind of 
they're kind of like trying to grow the game a little bit, basically just doing anything they can to get people in there. But well, yeah, they, they've got the, the Trump Bedminster this upcoming weekend and I'll, I'll definitely be pulling it up on YouTube. Like I would like to tune in and, and watch some of it. So I think it's going to be, should be fun. Um, my girlfriend lives about 15 minutes from that course. So I think I probably at some point in the next year, we'll have the opportunity to play there. So I'm going to kind of scout it out, see how many double bogeys on the card there are out there. And, um, but it really looks like a sick track. And honestly, isn't it just so poignant that Trump is hosting a live event? Like one of the Trump properties that everybody loves to boycott, they, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the live, like, it's just enemies shaking hands. Like they're everybody, hates live everybody hates trump so they're like let's do something together and it will definitely be a headline this week yeah and it should be like you said a good event a good golf course and a chance for uh, a chance for the live when like i feel like the lives two first events were the same weeks as like pretty big tournaments like the lives very first event was when rory won the rbc canadian and that was its first time back. Canadian golf fans were all there. They're just like, this is like one of the weeks where, you know, on the PGA tour, we've got a smaller, the rocket mortgage, Detroit, good, good golf tournament. Uh, usually if I remember right, the last couple of years, a lot of fireworks, um, Nate Lashley always plays pretty well there until he like four putted last year from like eight feet, which ended up turning into one of our first TikToks, which was great. Um, but how far we've come. Uh, oh, how look how far they've come. Um, but this is definitely an, a weekend where they could capture a good amount of golf fans. And, you know, I'm a person now that uh, I, I have YouTube TV, which isn't YouTube, but I don't have cable anymore here at my apartment. You know, I'm a stream only kind of guy. You have my direct TV login, asshole. Yeah, I do. But it hasn't been working great for me lately. So off air, we need to get that settled. Um, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've got your direct TV login, but I'm still streaming everything either from my computer or from my Xbox onto my TV. And so when I'm going to YouTube TV this week to watch the rocket mortgage, there's a good chance that I'm just going to regular YouTube and watching the live, you know? And I think, and we'll, I want to get into this, the announcement. So we'll get into the announcement and the guys that moved over. If you haven't seen by now, welcome out from under the rock. You've been under the last week, the golf rock uh, that is, Immovable object, as Tiger Woods would coin it. If you get enough people, you can move it. But these announcers moving over, and I think Faraday, man, I think that's a big one. Yeah, Faraday, it just brings the the kind of comedy that you need to, to make a good golf broadcast. The only challenge I see is Faraday definitely likes to – he's a big storyteller. Um, he's not short-winded by any means. He likes to talk. And everything moves so quickly with Liv that I'm I'm excited to see how they incorporate him, but he may not have as much time to tell his stories and and make his jokes, you know. So I'm gonna see how how that pans out. Um, but on the other topic of Charles Barkley that we haven't mentioned yet, he is not confirmed gone. He is not confirmed to, to have gone to live yet. Um, and there was actually an interview that just came out with him today that he did with. I forget it was some random local um, sports network, maybe New York City or, or Chicago or something. Um, but he basically said, because he's playing in the Pro-Am at Bedminster, which would be Thursday since it's only a three-day or, 
Or wait, do they go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or do they go Friday, Saturday, Sunday? They go Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So okay, everything so the is still probably, probably Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and he said basically if he shows up to the pro-am and they don't have a contract ready for him, then he's out. Like, so there's, there's no guarantee that he moves, but um, it's just insane to think that him calling what eight events a year. And I know that the live is going to expand probably with more events and things like that, but he'll probably surmount the amount of money that he's making with TNT, which is a, a huge broadcasting network. And he's doing it what, probably 20 to 25 weeks a year. So they're trying to throw an absolute bag at Charles and they obviously already did that with Faraday. So I'm excited to see how Faraday gets implemented. I really love the dude. I miss his TV show. That was a really, really good show. Um, And he's just a great personality in golf, but Charles would be a huge loss because TNT NBA on TNT is one of the best um, pregame post game shows that there is in sports along with i think now tnt's uh hockey broadcast which has been awesome was awesome this last year but i think losing chuck would make a huge because the chuck shack debacle and their their kind of rivalry i think is one of the funniest things in all sports and just them talking shit to each other shack having rings Charles not having rings, them running back to the board and eating shit over the cords is always fun to watch. So I, I think I would be more sad that T- NBA on TNT would be losing Chuck than like excited to see him in golf. Cause realistically he's a big sports personality, but I don't think he brings that much to golf from a, a professional golf perspective. Like he could easily, like he, he does great whenever he does like the matches and things like that because it's casual guys, it's other athletes playing golf. You know, I don't know how much shit Chuck's going to be able to talk about a dude that shoots six under when Chuck can't break 90 or a hundred, you know? So I think there's, there's a few interesting dynamics there. Yeah. Well, especially like you said, the moving into the like professional golf world for him as an announcer, he, I don't know. Like the thing is, is I, we can't, and maybe we have to pull the people, you know, like just casual golfers that love golf, but really, you know, they don't watch it a ton or if they watch it, like what they look for. Cause there's things for us. Like I, I couldn't care less about the commentators most of the time, you know, like I do like to listen to a Faraday or, a, you know, if they have great stories or they're these storied players that have played in great events. I love listening to that kind of stuff, but overall, like I think the commentary is more for the everyday non-golf professional you know no somebody that doesn't work and live and breathe the game of golf like we do because they're telling about this and that and we kind of know you know what i mean we know how impressive it is they kind of have to tell everybody else how impressive it is but coming from chuck i feel like it's a lot of the live is just trying to gain names they're trying to gain a, a name they don't care how good the guy is at announcing they're trying to bring somebody in for entertainment purposes and they're still trying to go you know like they're still trying to go along the route of being obviously serious they're giving millions and millions of dollars out like it's candy and then they move into like okay we want it to be a serious golf tournament but at the same time how do we get more people to watch it 
And if they can't sign every PGA tour player that everybody loves to watch, this is the next best step is getting guys like Faraday and getting a guy like Charles Barkley, who I, I think like, I think there's just Charles Barkley fans out there. I think there's people that will don't even, they may care about golf 20% and they may be a big Barkley fan, but they're going to tune in to see what he has to say in a more buttoned up professional golf event versus a match or something of that nature. Oh yeah, for sure. I think he definitely brings a big demographic of people over, just like you said, just fans of Charles Barkley. So I think that dynamic will be interesting. One other quick note on live um, before we get into our, our grand slam of sports announcers is I think the most electric possible leg of live golf that has yet to be touched that they've discussed doing is Monday qualifiers. Like, could you imagine a Monday qualifier field to get into a live event where the paycheck is guaranteed, where if you win, you make four and a half million. Like I think you, I think the corn fairy tour would suffer. You know, if, if the live, I think if those guys had the choice between live or corn fairy tour every single week, it would be live hand every week, hands down because you're getting, you you qualifying guarantees you like what a 50 or hundred thousand dollar check like qualifying Monday qualifying for the corn Ferry tour. You're getting a spot into an event that you have to win to make a hundred thousand dollars against the best players in the world. Like that's an absolute fucking game changer for live. Like, and I, I actually think that the live Monday qualifiers would be like must see TV. Cause that's, that's like the competition to get into these events that are, are guaranteed to pay you. So it's almost like an event in and of itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like big break or uh, what was that one show where that guy was trying to make it on tour? He was driving around. He used to be on golf channel. I don't remember. They like making the tour or whatever. It's like a, it's like a show like that, but yeah. 10 times, 10 times the drama because it's condensed into one day and it's exactly a, a million times the payout of those of like you said, just getting an entry into event is, is half of the battle and 90% of the battle, but then you still, how many, you know, we, every week you see these cool stories of these guys at Monday qualify and they probably play Thursday, Friday, and then they're out and they're not making a dollar after shooting a 64 in a Monday qualifier. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the corn fairy guys are just busting their ass to, to Monday qualify and then they're exhausted from getting through there. And then they got to try to gear back up to make the cut at the tour event and then hopefully try to go compete um, in order to gain any more status. Otherwise, that next week, they're back to the same grind of going out on a Monday trying to get back into an event. So I think that would be a really, really interesting dynamic. Yeah, it, it would bring in a whole nother, uh, whole nother part to the live tour. And then and then the PGA tour has to think about, well, are all these other governing bodies or, you know, for each individual major or whatever, have to think about if a guy qualifies for a live event through a Monday qualifier, is he now also fucked? Is he also now not allowed to be part? You know what I mean? Like it opens so many more doors for the PGA tour that, that the PGA tour has to run around and lock. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it, it, it really does open up quite the, um, quite the scenario for the PGA tour. And they're already fighting this as much as they can 
Um, but I, I don't, I don't think it's a means to an end. And I, and I saw a great tweet about it. And this will kind of be my last point is I saw a great tweet about it. It was like, it is a uh, newsflash. I think I retweeted it from either our golf account or my personal account, but uh, it was like newsflash. It's okay to like the PGA tour and the live tour at the same time. Yeah. Like it's golf. It's professional golf. That's what we talk about. That's what 110%. and talk about every week. So why would it not be okay? You know, I think it's it's just like the world nowadays. Like yeah, some people everybody just, wants to. I'm sorry. I was just going to say everybody just wants to put their foot in the sand on the subject. It's like, what's wrong with just fucking riding the fence? You know, what's there's nothing wrong with not disagreeing with everything that Liv is doing. You know what I mean? I mean, you can disagree with some shit, but that's I think that's kind of a microcosm as a with a pro that is a problem with our current society is everybody wants you to take a side and, and vehemently support one side or the other and vehemently go against the other side. It's like, there's nothing wrong with a little moderation. You know, there's, you know, you don't have to hate everything or love everything. You can kind of be ambivalent or, you know, like two things at the same time, you're not cheating on one or the other. So I think it's, it's just good controversy. I mean, it's been a talking point on a lot of our podcasts so it's, it's worth talking about. Absolutely. Well, in my last, last point, did you see, and I spoke on it a little bit earlier. Did you see the, the video where they're talk where they introduced Faraday? Yeah. Phil Mickelson's a fucking weirdo. Well that, but it was great. I thought the video was awesome till they got to that random part with Kevin Na where he's like recording it from his fucking cell phone in his kitchen. I know but, like everything else was great. Like I was like, Oh, they're doing like, really how hard is job. it? Yeah, Kevin uh, majorly fucked that one. I like I was, I was just dying because like, the audio was so bad. And yeah, it's like he's getting paid how many millions of dollars, and he can't even be bothered to like take a bit. Like he's like, "Hey, honey, come record this ten second video for me." And it's like, it, and as an editor, how do you put that in there? Like, if Kevin Na sends me that video, I'm like, "Fuck right off!" Like you're you're not getting included in this because it's just terrible. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I liked almost all of it, but like you said, Kevin, uh, terrible quality overall, like probably shooting that on a fucking LG chocolate or who knows what phone he uses. And then, uh, Phil at the end looks like he's about to like break and enter into a house. Um, like he just lost another 13 team parlay and he's out in the Hamptons fucking breaking into some billionaire's house trying to pay off his bookie. So He's just a weird, he, he, he's turned into like the weirdest character in golf. And I hope it doesn't completely foreshadow or overshadow what he's done as a, a football player, f- football player, my God, <laughs> as a golfer, I, my mind's on football. I'm ready for fucking summer to be over. I'm ready for football season. Um, but it, I hope it doesn't overshadow his golf career, but it kind of seems like he's just, he's going to be that guy we talk about 10, 15 years from now and be like, remember when Phil was like normal? And now he's like that fucking weirdo. Like I could see him walking around with like a snake wrapped around his neck. Like he's just that he's acting like a cartoon villain at this point. And it's just kind of weird to me. Yeah. He, he's the, the fall of Phil Mickelson can be a ESPN 30 for 30. That will hundred percent be a 30 for 30 at some point. Yeah. All right. We're going to turn it over to our, our semi new infant stages segment of grand slam. So if you guys haven't heard this before, the grand slam of 
today it's going to be the grand slam of announcers. This can be play-by-play announcers. This can be radio announcers. This can be anything. Um, but the grand slam of announcers with uh, Ryan Koningsberg. All right. And welcoming on our guests for this segment of the grand slam of we've got uh, the DNVR Broncos podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Ryan Koningsberg. He's also DNVR bets daily. Um, just the all around wizard dude, dude does like six pods a day. I get nervous for one a week and this guy just rocks them out all, all day long. Uh, Ryan Koningsberg, welcome to the pod, man. Thanks for uh, joining us for our new segment. That's currently in its infant stages and we're having a blast with it. You know, it's totally unrelated to any other segment, any other podcast ever has done. So it's uh, fun. We're real yeah. pioneers here. Yeah. It's really impressive that you guys came up with this format. <laughs> Thank you. Um, before we jump in, can I can I tell you guys about my villain origin story? Let's hear it. So um, this morning I wake up to a uh, well. First of all, we got the uh, the skyline scramble coming up in just a couple weeks, and it's uh, it's gonna be sick. Uh, we're we're going out to City Park, having a scramble like we what? have before. You guys are already laughing. What the fuck's this? And so, um, super excited for it. Was really fired up to you know get out there with the with the BDE boys, and you know uh, take a championship. But then um, this morning, interestingly, I wake up to a text that was sent to me at four fifteen a.m. Um, from our own friend here, Big Drive Spence. I do have some unfortunate news. The band is breaking up for this event. Logan brought a foursome and planned on Austin and his boss, but they bailed. So Mitch and I are on his team. And that, my friends, was the very beginning of my villain origin story. So I spent the entire rest of the day putting together a team with one, one thing in mind. We are coming for your fucking heads. <laughs> you oh, come fuck. at the king, you best not miss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you, you kick me to the streets and now, now I'm just a, an angry, like I'm going to the range every single day. All I want is to just bury you guys. This is, uh, I feel like it's great motivation for your game. I don't like hate that. Even if it was like unintentional, I you're, you're like the Michael, it's like Michael Jordan always having to find some way to motivate himself, you know? Yeah. If there was like one other golf course uh, in Elizabeth, I would like go to your rival golf course and start working with their pro. <laughs> Luckily we're the only fucking game in town, pal. <laughs> Why do you think we have jobs? <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, yeah, I think it'll be a, we may have some side action on that. So, yeah, um, just wanted to start this off with a big fuck you both. <laughs> have you round, who, what troops have you rounded up? Yeah, well, I, uh, I'm pulling a KD. Um, they weren't going to play, but I'm taking, uh, I, I gathered back together the, the, the group who won the spring scramble. Uh, and I've joined their team. So I, I even made myself a little my next chapter graphic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. In our case, Art. homie hopping over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our pressure has gotten significantly higher. Oh, yeah. I, I, can't, we, I can't. Like, if I lose, like, I may not just run these forever and never play in one again. <laughs> I think maybe it'll just be Big Drive Ryan and Big Drive Kylie. We'll just fucking quit. Kyle I won't. Hit. I won't lie. There was a part of me that wanted to hit up um, uh, Glenn Walls and uh, 
whatever the other guy's name is. Uh, Mark Hirsch. Yeah, Mark Hirsch. Just bring them out there for the scramby. Oh fuck! I I would I would undercut you and just get Mark <laughs> Hirsch. I would get Mark Hirsch so shit faced he'd probably swing at you by the back nine. <laughs> that, that, by the way, that's who won uh, the tournament at Spring Valley that we played in two weekends ago. I think yeah, there that would be pretty fire. But I also think you'd be very turned off as to how serious Glenn Walls would eventually take it. Yeah, yeah, that's that was the uh, that was what stopped me. <laughs> You're like, do I want to have fun or do I want to win? So now I'm just going Warriors on you. Perfect, <laughs> super team. <laughs> Oh fuck! Oh, fuck. I, also, we... I can relate to those early morning texts because Spencer just is all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed on a Monday, and I have these days off, and it's almost a guarantee I have two texts from him before six a.m. Yeah, I'm like, why don't you go piss right the fuck off? I'll get back to you in about three hours. Well, dude, I go to bed at like nine p.m. on a Sunday night, so I'm like, yeah. I have like if I don't text someone back when I first thing when I wake up and look at my phone and I read the message, like you're probably not getting a response. That must be why you black out in the pool because then you're in bed by 4.30. You get a great night's sleep. You're up at the crack of dawn Monday morning. I'm playing fucking chess over here. <laughs> you are. That's that's next level thought. All right. Well, let's get into this grand slam of announcers. RK, since you're the guest, you get to pick the order. So snake draft, you, you are very, very versed in the snake draft world. So you get to pick the order and then we'll uh, go from there. All right. We'll go. Um... Mitch one, me two, you three. All right. I feel like that's like an attack on me because you're like, I think you think I'm going to miss somebody and you're just going to fucking slander me for it. And I then... don't think I was just thinking which one of you I, I didn't honestly know. I, I wanted to pick whichever one of you I don't think would take my number one. OK, um, well, so if I'm first, I'll just go ahead and kick this puppy off. Uh, my mind immediately went to football. Uh, I'm a big football guy. Um, and the, the one voice that's just like synonymous with football for me is Mike Tirico. Mm. Um, that's, that's my number one overall, uh, just the sound of his voice. You, it just like warms me up inside. Just, you know, it's football season when you hear him. Um, and that's kind of, it's like the, if I wanted anybody to read me a bedtime story, it would be Mike Tirico. Interesting. Just, is that a is that out of left field? Like where I'm trying to gauge your guys's that's opinion. It's a good one because he's so versatile. Like he not only is he involved with football, but he's you know he's everywhere. Yeah, he does quite a bit, and he's very versatile. But it just goes back to like football. The the I would say well maybe I shouldn't give away a pick. I, I don't think I would take him though. But the the voice that I would associate closely most closely with football would be Al Michaels. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's well, dude, that, that definitely could have gone, but you know, yeah, but, but I'm not taking him. So I actually don't have either of those guys on my list. Surprisingly. Wow. You right. big fucking swing and a miss there, chief. <clears throat> All right. With my pick, um, I'm going with a guy who for me is like probably my biggest influence in the industry. Um, he said this about his show, with Ryan Rosillo back in the day, which was like, we just decided to make a show for our shitty friends uh, and a bunch of people happened to like it. And like, I've taken that to heart, just like 
you know, do it like you would be talking to your boys. Um, and, and so I try to take that every day, which is Scott Van Pelt. That he, is a great fucking pick. And he was, I missed he's definitely that one. on my list. I missed that one. I did not have that one either. He's wow. Like, not he he's so good like obviously the uh you know sports center stuff that he's always been so great at but even like when he comes into the golf stuff like i i love when he's involved with golf and they do that sort of stuff he's a really good like storyteller and mm-hmm. very he, he just like you said he's one of the the most relatable guys i think in sports where he just he knows he's not that great looking he's kind of goofy looking like he's just kind of he's very self-deprecating and i feel like that's relatable in sports anymore I just I feel like I got too caught on the play by play part of it. So I see, that's most- where I that was where Tariko kind of came first for me was just like strictly thinking like what's my favorite voice to hear and shit like that. But yeah, there's definitely a lot more to it. Yeah. Well, all also, right. There's so a little bit of a golf story there. Have you ever heard how Scott Van Pelt got his start? Mm-mm. So he was I, I might mess this up, but it'll get the gist. He was an intern. One of his first jobs, he was an intern at the Golf Channel. And they were covering a tournament, and he was out at the tournament or whatever. And straight up intern, like no, almost no one knew him. And one of the people on one of the holes, like, called in sick or had a family emergency. They had to bail, like, the day of the tournament. And they were just like, oh, my God, who are we going to have out on that hole? And he was just like, I'll do it. And they were like, uh... Uh, okay like they just let him do it and he nailed it and they loved it and and he like instantly shot up the ranks that's fire that's so fire you just when you get your chance you don't fucking you take advantage of it and you now he's that is like my there's nothing better than that show there could be no sports on in that show like it could be just like where we are now where training camp's coming up for football baseball cutting out am i Oh, you cut out a little bit. Just go ahead. Just keep going. Oh, uh, just like, like Van, like when you see that show come on late night, I almost can't turn it off. I'm like, fuck. Yep. I like, I gotta watch the whole thing of this because you never will, know what. I, I, I can say for nobody else on ESPN, I will just turn on a show to watch them, except for SVP. There we go. All right, I like it. A lot of support for my pick. Well done. <laughs> well, very well done. All right, back to back picks for me, ending the first round and rounding into the second. I think I'm gonna pander a little bit. Um, well, I'm going to start out with my first one, um, and that's Joe Buck. Uh, Joe Buck is just like when I think Joe, I hear Joe Buck's voice, like very World Seriesy to me. Yeah, baseball but, is the first thing that pops into my head. But also like a for us Denverites and and people in the Mountain Time Zone, the the Sunday morning 11 a.m. NFC kickoffs like. Washington Commanders, New York Giants from the Meadowlands, like that's the Joe Buck, like NFC, those matchups, like that's his voice to me, and like I, that is foot that, like as as you say, Tariko's football to you, like Joe Buck to me is football, like that's like the holy shit, we're back, it's starting, like it's eleven a.m., it's the best time of the day, there's all these games on at once, yeah, you know, I got Red Zone on one TV, and then like. If he's calling a game, I'll just listen to him call a game. And he's also very versatile, too. He, yeah, I think, I think that's a great pick. Doesn't he get a lot of hate? Like, don't, isn't there a, yeah. a group of internet people that just hate Joe Buck? Yeah, he does catch a lot of hate. I think all announcers, like, especially if you're just like a play by play guy, like, they end up taking hate. Um, everyone thinks they hate their team or like anything, you know what I mean? It's like there's always something with those guys. 
for sure. Yeah, that's that. I think you have to get big enough in order to be like hated. So I think it's almost a compliment where there's unless you're like, uh, I don't know, there's a few people at ESPN that just get hated. <laughs> um, they, they don't really even have like a fan base. It's just almost people watch them just to hate them. But oh yeah, it, either way you're watching. So. And swinging into my uh, second round pick, this one's a little bit of a pander. It's more of a guy that I'm just going to take because he his call, specific call, is so world-renowned, and that's going to be Mike Breen with the bang call in basketball. I just think okay. there's, there's one other guy that's close to it that I'm not going to disclose in case he swings back around to me. Um, but NBA Finals, like I've got now football, I've got World Series, and I've got NBA Finals, and like – NBA is a sport where I watch a fair amount of it. I'd say I'm in the right in the middle. I obviously watch every Nuggets game and love that. But when it gets to like the finals, I'm definitely locked into every single game. And that's just the voice that just pops in my head. And Steph Curry, the last couple of years, as much as I get frustrated with the guy because he's so goddamn good, just the bang call when he hits a three is just nothing like it to me. I don't think that's pandering. Why, why did you feel it was pandery? Because it's basketball. Like I have a, a couple, I could go football this whole thing. Like, mm. and I'm like trying to move over to a little bit of a, you know, the there's not a lot of people that don't like football, but there's definitely people that are way more into basketball than football. And that's like the, I'm snagging the one a of a different sport, I think. Okay. That, hey, you guys are going much more play by play than I am. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm about to kind of drop into some more personality types, but um, I will say that nothing has ever worked its way into my vocabulary more out of like any sports announcing than bang. Like I could be doing anything. I'm like, bang. Yeah. Like, sure. or when something really good happens, I do the double bang. I'm like, bang, bang. Like just <laughs> fucking from the top rope, just out of nowhere. It's like me shooting a piece of paper into the fucking trash can. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's any, it just applies to everything. And that's, probably one of the most iconic calls of all time. So yeah, I, I mean, that's a good pick in my opinion. Is that like all his, because I do it too. Like, like anytime, like a buddy makes a putt or anything like that. Like when we're pouring in Eagles to take you guys down at city park, like I'm going to be yelling bang. I just, but like, I don't, I don't always yell it. I'll just be like, bang, you know, like that, that can be like our war call on the golf course. Just scream (laughs) bang. We'll be like, oh, those motherfuckers. <laughs> um, okay. Well, and, and for the record, Breen also has one of the greatest calls, as much as I hate the guy now, the blocked by James call in the finals too. Blocked by James. Like, yeah. I think just this the pure emotion that he puts into it makes him great. Totally. Like, um, I, I don't think that uh, – Spencer, who's your one college – I don't want to give away picks, but I don't think you're going to pick this, but – Who's the dude that just has the most electric calls? Nope. That fuck. Oh. Do not ruin it. That's okay, my boy. Okay. Okay. okay I'm waiting okay. on that one. Because... I thought. I thought you're. I thought there was better options out there. So we'll leave that one alone. Um, um I think I'm RK. Right. Yeah. Um. Or no, I think it's me, isn't it? No, it's RK. No, you went first. Yeah. Because so you went snake. first, and so now you go sixth. Oh fuck. I'm Do we sorry. need to explain the snake draft to you? No, I thought <laughs> it was just like middle of it the whole time, and you guys went back and yeah. I, my never mind that's me um okay this one man i went back and forth on this one but i think there's a theme here of like people that i just i look at what they do and i'm like yeah they're like they're doing it right um in terms of the type of media that i like 
Um, and obviously that kind of comes into our company a little bit, but like the way that his show just feels like people hanging out, talking sports is, is just perfect for me. And when he was on, when he was on ESPN doing calls, I loved him. Um, so that's Pat McAfee. That uh, yeah, his style of show is awesome. Like, I mean, he, there's definitely been shows like his before him, but I think he does it better than just, and just, especially for like our age demographic, I think like all your older guys, you'll have, they'll stick with their older guy talk shows, but McAfee is like somebody I would tune in to watch. And just the fact that he made that jump from being an NFL player and like thought he had more of a future in media is pretty wild. Um, and now he's fucking massive. Like what, who, who gave him that? Was it DraftKings that gave him or was it? I think it was the other one. Um, <laughs> no, that, the, it's either DraftKings or not DraftKings. Yeah. It was not DraftKings. I think gave him, maybe it was <laughs> DraftKings. I don't know. He got a fat deal, but like, uh, even like, I have a huge thing of like, I always say like, stop making people wear suits to talk about sports. Like, I think that's one of the silliest things we do. Um, like, four dudes like standing on the field wearing suits talking about football is so counterintuitive to me and like McAfee is just up there with a tank every day like talking sports the way that people talk sports and I, I think it's great I I do love that I think that that's not one that came off the top of my head but I think it's I think it's pretty darn good what do you think Spence you like that pick dude his show is so good man his his just raw like emotion and getting like eight-year-olds to call in and say fuck boston and like (laughs) just you know like he just has he just is he's like new media he's like what we do at dnvr like he's not like oh i'm you know like rk just said i'm not i'm gonna sit here in my fucking toot and tie after the game and tell you how many touchdowns this guy threw he's like no that guy fucking sucked today that guy was great that was incredible you know it's just not like just the way of the, the way it's moving and like the dude has like 50, 60,000 live viewers on shit. Like, and I'm sure that's how it is with TV shows too, but they don't show you that on the screen, but just he he's changed the game. And like, I think getting a, getting a guy like Aaron Rodgers to just open up who he doesn't talk to fucking anyone. That's so like, that's key to his success, but also credit to him for getting it that way. Well, I was going to say, like, I think having the inside track on every Aaron Rodgers story ever kind of gives him a little bit of a boost, but just like you said, being able to like get him out of his box. Cause he's so non nondescript and vanilla in interviews. And then he goes on McAfee show and kind of just opens up. And that, yeah. And that's kudos to McAfee for getting it that way. Like he created that. Totally. Sure. And also like the way that him and his team just like, keep their reoccurring bits going is just so great to me. Like they have so many little things that they, uh, you know, they all say, and it's just great. I, I would agree. Um, so now I got two picks. Uh, uh, one of the reasons I am picking this guy, but there's, he's, he has a couple all time seg, well, one all time segment and then one all time, um, bit and, or one all time call. I'm sorry. Uh, and different sports, but I got to go Chris Berman. Um, yeah, that was, uh, I knew right where you were going with that one. Uh, between back, the back, fastest back. two, the fastest two minutes and then back, back, back. Like those are that you, t- you say home run derby. I'm immediately going into my Chris Berman back, 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 back. Like that's, I think that is one of the all time well-known really good calls. And then like the fastest two minutes in sports, if you hear the interview about like, 
how it came about and just all the nicknames Berman creates for all these different dudes and how, cre- I think he was kind of like a, a bit of a pioneer, like making, making journalism, not just journalism, like not just reporting on sports, but like getting creative, making, making it funny, making it interactive, making it like making jokes and shit. Like he was, I think ahead of his time. So I, I really liked Chris Berman. Yep. For sure. I mean, like, obviously as a pun appreciator myself he's he's maybe the goat when it comes to sports puns yeah like imagine your life being dedicated to just writing sports puns mm-hmm. yep. and there's so many good nfl names like i was actually i just heard scott eberflus's name on the radio today or on a podcast and i was like that's the most football name like i i can only imagine what what fucking berman name because um, but yeah i i love burmy so um my second pick on the wraparound here um i think he's kind of synonymous with college basketball o- along the same lines of um berman but dick vitale his voice like first of all kudos to him because it seems like he's looked the same for 30 years (laughs) and maybe it's just because he looked old when he was younger but he still looks the same like he's a fucking workhorse and you can't tell me you haven't said in your head he's a diaper dandy like (laughs) like the fucking the unc duke all-time calls from vital like i just couldn't couldn't pass him up i feel like he's he's elite he'll go down as one of the all-time elite um cover like definitely the base guy in college basketball but just kind of transcends throughout sports like everybody knows who dick vitale is yeah i i, I think a lot of these guys that you got this berman and vitale um both have this thing where like i think their stick got a little tired at the end and people started to like be over it um and maybe lost sight of just like how great they were in their prime and like both of those guys, I when I was a kid, like just absolutely adored them. I remember <clears throat> this one time they did like a swap where they had um, the NBA guys call a college game and the co- and the college guys call an NBA game and the Nuggets were in it. And like I was so excited to hear like what nicknames and stuff Dick Vitale was gonna was gonna say for the Nuggets. So yeah, he was he was awesome. Yeah, he was he's electric and just at the the voice, I think the synonymous voice with college basketball, I really do 100%. That that's, that is it. He's the one. All right. I think it's back to me. Um, this one, like <clears throat> she might be up there with anyone I want to hear talk about football. Uh, I, I think that like the way that she analyzes it, she also keeps it fun uh, in the, in the way that we've kind of talked about here a little bit. And that's Mina Kimes. Like when I, it's kind of similar, like you guys said, with Scott Van Pelt where it's like, if I turn it on and he's on, I'm watching, it's the same thing as Mina. Like if I turn on any show and they've got Mina on the panel, like I'm interested to hear what she says whenever I see like, Oh, they broke down the AFC West or something. Like I want to hear what she said. I think she's a really great, like she does a great job of mixing it all. She's great with the analytics. Uh, She's doesn't take it too seriously. Like, she knows she actually really knows football and like the the schemes of it all. And like, to me, the combination of that makes her super, super dynamic personality. 
I, I agree with that hundred percent. And actually like, I think I first became familiar with her when she would be like one of the guests or guest hosts on um, the Levitard show back in the day. And I was like, dang, like she actually, I, I never really liked Levitard. It was more just like a filler from that. What, like eight to 10 range, which is now mostly taken up by either altitude sports or, you know, something else along those lines. But yeah, I mean, is very, very good at, at keeping people engaged. She's also a self-deprecating Seahawks fan, yep. which is always great. And she, didn't she call the DK pick? Like, and she, that's like, she's written that for how many years now? Yeah. Like four or five. So yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. Yeah. I think one of the things I like about Mina is like, there's, there's still a semi stigma in the world about like women being in sports and like talking about sports. And she just like shuts people down. Like somebody will come at her and she'll be like, no, like this, you know, and she, she doesn't act like she's like, not like, she's so knowledgeable and so like ready for any argument that she's just like, she doesn't take anybody's shit. And, and you're always like, well, you know, like you don't have to, you have to think twice before you step to Mina essentially. Like if you're going to like bring a sports take towards her, like you, you can't just like throw it out there. And I think some of these guys have learned the hard way being on different panels with her. Yep. 100%. Sure. All right. And for my next two picks, um, I still got a lot of guys on my board, but looking at this, I think I'm going to have to go with the guy that Mitchell almost ruined a little bit earlier. Um, we're going to go with Gus Johnson, just the mm. most electric play-by-play guy. The Fry Fogel call in the Indiana football game is still <laughs> top That's, five. That was the that was yeah. And he had like a, a Jacksonville Jaguars game like back like 10, 15 years ago, and there was like a hail mary, and he's like, "Oh hail mary! Oh it's knocked down! Oh my god, he caught it!" Like. Mm-hmm. His, his raw emotion to me, it just gets me going like that. That part to me is he he's just the absolute go. And like the call the whole feels of like college football about to start back up. And the fact that he calls a ton of those like big 10 games and just the intense, like very high level college football games, like the, the primetime ones. He's my, he's my absolute favorite. Yeah. And then he has two like pretty iconic Colorado calls with the Stokely tip. Um, okay, that, that was his wow. yeah, against uh, the Bengals, right? The Kyle yeah. Orton, yep. And then he also had a great one, uh, when the Buffs were playing Washington State in the year that they went to the Pac 12 championship. Uh, when he just goes, Lindsay, 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 uh, that's it, that's a great call with, with old Phil, yep, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't matter what he's calling, it's electric. And then um, wrapping around to my my fourth rounder, uh, he, oh, this is a tough one. I got two guys in the cutting room floor. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Jim Nance, uh, the Masters, just yeah. iconic to me. Voice of like that's when you know golf is back. That's when you know spring is is here. And that's the hello friends. Here. Yeah, that's that's one of the top. And so I got the golf covered now, but. Yeah, Nance is just something that's something special to me. And he's pretty versatile too and does a couple of other sports, but just the mat his master's call is just top notch. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm definitely pandering uh, with this last one, but this is someone who again it was big influence for me. And um a long time ago I heard him say, like, I'm not a journalist, I'm an entertainer. Uh and I think as I've kind of grown in the space, that's more of the way that I kind of look at things is like, you know, I, I like to make sports entertaining and it's entertainment to me. 
um, and I'm not all that concerned about the journalism part of it. Uh, and also someone said this to me once, which they were, they were using him as a negative example um, early in my career, but they said, you, you got to decide if you want to be a Mike Kliss or a Vic Lombardi. And I was like, I definitely want to be a Vic Lombardi. Um, so that Vic's going to be my next pick. But yeah, I, I, I think about that all the time because they were, they were trying to use like Vic as like, oh, he's just, you know, he, he's just trying to make jokes and do stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's why he's awesome. Yeah, he's fucking great at what he does. Like, why wouldn't you want to be Vic Lombardi? And on top of it, like, his pride for Denver and Colorado and Denver sports is just – it always really resonated with me when I was a kid that he was just like, you know, there's all these people um, trying to, like, not show that they care, and he was always totally fine with admitting how much he cared. There's a great story about how he snuck into the Super Bowl once, like, just – you know, he, he's just, uh, he's Vic. Yeah. Every time, um, I get to hang out with him, I somehow sneak in where I say, I mentioned the neighborhood low high just cause it fucking sends him through the roof. He's like, don't fucking say that it's North Denver. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I know dude, I just had to get you going. Like I, yeah, Vic's just a one of a kind, classic, influential, great personality, great guy to hang around. Just absolutely. And I think one of his all time moments on TV was him getting hit in the head um, by who was it? I don't Uh, remember. It was him getting slapped by like Tom green or not Tom green. Uh, Remember that Gary Miller, maybe they were talking about like flopping in the NBA and he just gets like fucking swiped across the face. That was an all-time video from Vic. So yeah, that I, I don't think you can go wrong with Vic there. Um, I, I like that pick. All right, round us out. Um, see, dude, and this is this might be pandering too because I feel like I've kind of picked the face of a lot of different things. Um, and this is kind of a, a little bit of a pun also because picking faces is what he does best, but. Uh, Lee Corso in college football um, with the helmets with or with the, the mascots. And I think that dude's kind of legit losing his marbles, um, but he's just a classic all timer. And you when you see him on the panel throwing on the the Sparty helmet or the, the buck, you know, or the Buckeyes or no matter who he's picking, the Bulldog. Um, is one I'll, I'll always remember. Um, just every time he p- puts one on, and, and everybody either boos or cheers. It's, it's he's just always so electric. He, I, I really like those high energy guys. Um, and now that this is over, like I, I like Herb Street too. I like even like Desmond Howard. Just that whole and um, who runs that? Uh, oh, um, who's the guy that narrates the whole thing? Uh, Chris Fowler. Uh, Fowler. Yes. I, I really do like, I really like Fowler. Um, there's a few different dudes on that college, but there's, I mean, there's that in all the sports. So, I mean, uh, I just had, to, I was going to say either it was kind of between Herb Street, Corso or um, Howard, just cause I really like that, that Saturday morning show, no matter what, but it's a uh, Corso is just a classic. Not so fast, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Shit's yeah. lit. Yeah. Uh, another another guy I had on the cutting room floor, uh, 
Marv Albert and like Greg Gumble. Greg Gumble, that voice just reminds yeah. me of like Broncos Chiefs, old CBS, like fucking Sunday afternoon. See, Ian Eagle for me, like the 11 o'clock games, I hear Ian Eagle, great voice, just great football voice. Um, I actually like Tony Dungy just because he's like that sentimental guy on the panel. Like he always has a good story to tell. He doesn't have like a big personality, but he, it just feels like he's one of those guys that you he just tell you stories for hours and you never get sick of him, like coaching who he coached and dealing with, you know, who he dealt with. Um, the, he was definitely on the cutting room floor. Of course, Mark Mosier, one of our other buddies, but I don't know if I've him and McGahee are probably the best team of radio slash TV uh, play-by-play guys in all of hockey. Cause I, I listen, I've listened to other, you know, local broadcasts here and there. And I'm like, do these guys are, do they even like watching their team? And yeah. a lot of, the, a lot of our home, like Vic and Mosier always accused of being homers. It's like, fuck yeah, dude. They like these teams. Like they root for them. They want them to do well. You know, they're not just third person play calling it. Like they have a, they have a rooting interest and I think that makes it so much more fun. Yeah. hundred percent. Like in the end, they're making content for fans of that team. So like the, you know, it's far more relatable when you can tell that the person on the other end of the microphone cares. Um, it's something I've talked about with, with, you know, with what we do a lot is like, you know, those, those, like you have to be able to obviously analyze the teams uh, without just being a homer all the time, but like caring is not a bad thing couple that I had um I think she would have been right in there for me if if she was given the opportunities to like make content right now but she's been she was set aside by ESPN she's a free agent now and that's Katie Nolan another person that's just like so funny makes everything fun self-deprecating all of those great things yeah I, I actually really liked Michelle Beadle too Doris mm-hmm. Burke yep DB wow. could have been in there for sure DB is like this might sound weird, but I would like let her own me. Like she just seems like that. She's the kind of <laughs> like she could put a dog collar on me, and that that'd be fine. <laughs> Fucking RK's face. I might just leave right now. Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, other ones. Uh, some local people that I I love. Larry Zimmer. Uh, did the Broncos forever on the radio and then um, did the buffs forever on the radio. And like all of my favorite buffs calls are Larry Zimmer calls. Um, Oh gosh, I'm blanking now. Oh yeah. You mentioned one buff and Chris Fowler. I think Joel Klatt does an amazing job with college football. Yeah. Klatt. We, and we grew up in the era where he, he was still local. And then when he made the national jump, we were like, that makes sense. Like he, He's just got the voice for it. He's got the personality for it. Uh, yeah, he's, he kills it. I think the main reason why I didn't take a lot of people whose main job is play-by-play or uh, analyzing games is, like, you just don't get to see their um, personalities quite as much. And, like, it, like I would love – like, if Joel was on, like, a daily – like, when he was on the daily radio, like, he was, he was my guy. You know, they had CJ and Clatt, two buffs on the radio, and it was, like, heaven for me. Um, so that's like something that I, I really appreciate is like when they call those games, they kind of have to be a little more, you know, uh, professional or whatever you want to call it buttoned up. Um, I love the people who just like, you just see them, you just get to see them all the time. 
Yeah, uh, well, the uh, Dave Logan's another good one. Just Broncos yeah. being a Broncos yeah. and then Dave Logan's, and then is it uh, is it Mark Johnson, the Buffs basketball? Yeah. Like that voice is a top five voice. Yeah, he he's awesome too. He's a good guy. Um, oh gosh, I just had another one that just escaped me. Oh, I, uh, going back national, I love Dan Patrick. Um, that was like one of my first introductions to like sports radio was the Dan Patrick show. And it's that same thing that kind of McAfee has going for him now, which is just like a dude and his buddies talking sports. Yep, 100%. I do have to drop one more in there, and I don't even know if he's sports or not, but I just love the guy, Big Cat, Dan Katz from Barstool, pardon my take. He's one of the funniest dudes, like, and he – he like talk about just like every man where he started from the bottom. If you listen to pardon my, my take or whatever for the last six or seven years, he, he knew nobody like in, he wasn't buddies with any of the bears or the cubs or anything. And then he's at like their world series party. And he's at like just the evolving of like basically him being a fan and everybody getting to watch him gain all this access of, going from being a nobody to being somebody. I, I think that was like just pretty cool to, to see how he evolved um, as like a, somebody who talks sports, I guess you could say. Yep. Uh, one more local person that I feel like deserves a shout out is Katie Wingy. Uh, I think she does an incredible job with everything that, that she does for the nuggets. And I, I think we're really lucky to still have, have her like, I've been just waiting and waiting and waiting for her to get snatched up by a, a national team. I was going to um, say, dude, don't shout her out. Let's keep it quiet. Like, yeah, yeah. don't do this. <laughs> well, I want her to get the bigger opportunities, but she also has developed like a, a huge love for Denver. And I think that, uh, that, you know, helps us keep her around. Yeah. I think Spencer definitely has a little crush on Katie Wingy. Now shut it down. Maybe just a hair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, we're 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 just talking announcers here. I'm just being honest. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Oh, coming from the guy that wants to be put a fucking dog collar on from Doris Burke. That we hey. should we should have just cut the recording there. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, RK, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, we're gonna get this up on Twitter and Instagram, so make sure you guys are voting. This is gonna be a good one. Like writing these down on my phone, I'm like, fuck it really depends upon the person and kind of where it's like those feels. I feel like this is a really feels bet. Like if you grew up and you heard a call or you felt a certain way about a certain guy, like you're going to like, there, there's going to be one guy or girl in each of our picks that like just hit somebody and they're it's over. You know what I mean? It's one of those. It's like, okay, I can't not choose the, the list. The, the, the depth of their list may not be as good, but there's just going to be one person for everybody. So yeah. Well, well done, gentlemen. Well done to you, sir. Thanks that, for having me, boys. That's it for Big Drive Energy this week. You guys have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Enjoy the live event over at Bedminster. I think we can finally start saying that now. It uh, should be a good one. Uh, I'm definitely going to be tuning in. Make sure you guys are watching golf, uh, enjoying golf, and betting on golf on the DraftKings Sportsbook. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good weekend. Peace.